0: How we doing? I'm David. I'm Phil. And I'm Andy. And this is Talking Cod. Three northern blokes talking about middle life and growing old
1: disgracefully. Frank, fearless, funny.
2: In other words, Talking Cod. So welcome to episode 11 of Talking Cod a pivotal podcast with the three <laughs> Codmasters. It is so good to see you. I mean I'm 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 not just saying that. It is so good to see you. I can't begin to tell you how happy I feel looking at you now. I know people listening will not get this but we do see each other when we're recording these things and honestly King Cod, Big Head, <laughs> Dave, I'm back Phil Birchie Balls, you you guys, so good to see you. Good to see you, Andy. Good to see you, Dave. I missed you, boys. I missed How's the week.
1: I missed you. I genuinely yeah. missed it. Oh yeah, some other bloke turned up. Oh, no, I thought it was you, Mister Steamhammer. We had a great, <laughs> we had a great chat with Bo. Actually, I think yeah. it was really, really cool. It's a really good, really deep in places as always, mm. and then you know, daft in others as always. I've uh,
0: I've listened to it about four or five times as well, boys. I because. Have you well, I wasn't involved in it, and I knew it was going to be awesome when we spoke to steamhammer the pre- the week the week before and some of the alignments <sighs> of what we've been talking about and and to listen and not be part of it and then to listen in was awesome because it gave me a ton of perspective on the things that we've been previously speaking about sort of wraps it all up. Uh, by somebody that's been doing some bigger thinking uh, around it. It it was great. It was great. That's my opinion, you know. It depends what, you know, obviously we do have listeners and they they listen to it, but it was really nice from my perspective to get some perspective, I guess.
1: Yeah, good, good, good. And how were the hills of
0: Scotland? Well, it was awesome. It was it was really good, and it felt like a big achievement, but not like the achievement of Mr. Cod Andy Hall this weekend, who's been, who's been the accumulation of a god knows how many hours of training, and he, smashing an Ironman, which just again blows my mind. I, I just the physical and the mental endurance of doing that is just like wow, you know. Uh, so. Awesome effort, mate. I'm buzzing for you. I'm buzzing for you. And I did come out, I did pedal out to a section, uh, and the rain was horrendous. And at that point, I thought, ooh, this is this it's a graft anyway. And I just thought, in these conditions, you must be putting 25 or 30% on top of that, mate. Uh, so well done, well done. Obviously, looking at you, slight slightly tired, which which I can which I can understand, but what an achievement, buddy. <laughs>
1: Cheers, pal. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Appreciate right. it. And thank thanks you for your donation, you. Phil. No, no worries. Yeah, cool. I paid on behalf of Dave as well.
2: <laughs> oh, thanks to you, you both then. Can yeah. pay me
1: later. So, so
0: if you have done and that's the case, let me know. <laughs> like I like with, well, no, I didn't. But like I was just trying to save you.
1: You know, always late to the table. <laughs> chat. Send me
0: the link. Send me the link. I'm sure I've got a no. one kicking around for you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: He'll be borrowing
0: that indeed. Hey indeed. Phil, can I borrow £1.50 after you? Yeah. What's it for? I need
2: to donate. How are you feeling this then? then it anyway. cash to Andy. <laughs> 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 no, you don't. <laughs> I'm a feeling. So go on. Um, yeah. It's it's on it's just too big a word to even to digest. How do I feel? Because there's like so many elements to that. Um I, I received a few messages this morning from a few of the guys who who did Iron Man with us. And we're all all over the place and and I think the the biggest pain I've got is emotional pain it's it's just it's weird it's it's such a weird feeling. I'll be honest with you, a bit teary at any point at any moment I can just feel like a person in tears at anything at the moment um physically, I'm beginning to feel the pain whereas yesterday and at the end of Iron man, I was just numb and I just and I'm not too sure how other people do it, and you know. You know, there's, there's there's thousands of of heroes out there who who do it, and how they get through, I don't know. But I think one of those strategies must be to just tell your brain to physically switch off physical pain, because it's 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 not human to do it. It it's just every part of your brain tells you stop doing this because yeah. it isn't right. <laughs> it's just yeah. you 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 could die now. Um, mm. Andy, just, yeah.
1: just just for the benefit of our listeners that might not know what's involved, the insane amount of work, what mm. what, what does an Ironman Man do
2: on the day? Um, so the the Iron Man well, Man is actually a brand, um, but it's kind of referred to as a full distance triathlon, triathlon, which is about 40, 43 years old, the format of triathlon is approximately four or three years old, so that's a two point four mile open water swim into transition to a bike for a hundred and twelve mile bike ride into transition to run loosely speaking run a marathon of twenty six point two miles, so it's quite a long distance um and there's cut-off times to achieve, so you have to be at a cut-off for the swim, you have to be to cut-off for the swim and bike total, and then there's a cut-off for the entire event. And the cut-off time is 17 hours to to complete in. Um, so you've you've got the you know you have you have the pressure of having to do all three disciplines and transition and fuel and hydrate because you you, you can't physically have enough. Calories in your body to do that, you know, nobody could do it. You know, you can't start off the day and not eat or drink. You you will probably die. So it's a really that's a really good question. Um, I've I've read I've read you know eat various things, and it's different per person. You know, I've read it could be up to ten thousand calories um, of 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 energy. And, and you know, I'm, I'm, a lot of that is, you know, physical. Yeah, obviously, you've got your glutes and your quads are, 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 are properly consuming calories, but the brain as well and the heart, you know, and they're all all going over time. So very difficult to say. I'm probably going to estimate because it depends on size somewhere around 8000 calories, so about as much as one of those uh, hot chocolate drinks at <laughs> Pasta at Christmas. Go to Starbucks, right. mate. Got a Starbucks there you and go, go on, though. <laughs> See, <laughs> that's what I should have done. I should, I should have just, just got off the t- bike, <laughs> got into, got into Starbucks with you, and just had a big Starbucks frothy frappuccino.
1: Yeah, and then I would, would have, have been buzzing. Right.
2: Yeah, yeah, I would have been setting records for my age group. and the caffeine as well. The caffeine would help. That's a that's a really good point because <laughs> in in tapering because with all big things like this you have to kind of taper to get your body to adjust. You you recommend it to hold off the caffeine because when you do have an energy gel or a drink of of flat cola, um, you need the caffeine to work. And without you know without tapering away from caffeine, you don't have the same impact. It doesn't doesn't do what it's supposed to do. So. It's a very complex thing. Um, I, I underestimated it, I must admit. And I knew this was going to be the biggest thing I'd ever done by quite some distance. But I probably underestimated the mental battle that needed to take place. But did it. man.
0: I think, I think that's the balance, isn't it? In, in any type of sport, to a certain extent, no matter what you're doing, you've got the physical aspects and the mental aspects of it. And... They do go hand in hand and even prior to the day and the events, the amount of effort that you've had to put in to get you to basically stand on that start line. And again, that's mental and physical all the way up to it. And I've always found one of the things why I've loved about getting back into training and sport is I've liked the balance of the mental and the physical aspects of it, especially with the mental element of it. Cause I found that then I can then take that back into everyday life into the simplest things, you know, constant working on something and putting the effort into it. And that concentrate cut that concentration element of flow and going when sometimes your head's going ah, knock off, finish this tomorrow you're going, well, if I just focused on it for another 30 minutes, I complete it. And I think, it translates back into everyday life. That, oh, it, it definitely has done for me. So, in theory, mate, you could probably, you, you should be after doing that.
2: You should be quite invincible and able, <laughs> and able to do anything. <laughs> kind of feel the opposite at this moment in time, but I get you. And one of one of the things which, and it, it's probably a metaphor for life. I reckon this is, is that it. It wasn't about the event. It never was about the event. On the outside, you think, oh, I'd love to have that label. And people want the tattoo Man on the calf. You know, that's like a, you know, it's a scar of honor, if you like. Um, but it never was about the day. It was about that transitioning to becoming an athlete. We had this conversation a while ago. The only way I can do this is by living like an athlete. And it's one of those, it's one of those internal changes. You have to make a transformation. Uh, and what I mean by that is I had to learn to enjoy pain to learn to enjoy, as you say, you know, an extra 30 minutes here, there an extra half an hour there, you know, another hour of doing that when you really don't want to. That is what really builds resilience, you know, physical and mental resilience, and it's paid off. It really has paid off. Um, I'm not too sure if it was worth it, but it's a good point. It's a, it's a really good point, and I think just generally in life, life's just become too easy, and maybe that's why we do stupid things. We'd, we'd sometimes punish ourselves. It's almost a form of self-harm, you know, having to feel an element of physical, mental, emotional pain, just to feel alive again sometimes. and i don't I don't know if that if that resonates with do you, you know what guys. I,
0: I think that's a really good point that because and I know we talk about midlife and the things that we do and that because obviously that's where we're at. Why do you think we do these things? Why do you think we set these tasks? And all of a sudden you go, do you know what? I'm gonna do that, or I'm gonna do this. And some of them really are really out there. There's some things that you go, that's achievable. I can do that. And some you go, do you know what? How the heck am I gonna do that? Why why do we do it? Do you think it's, do you think it's because we need to prove to ourselves something? Uh, Or are we doing it because we want to set a, set a potentially unachievable goal to see if... We, because we all do it, don't we? we? We do do it, whether it's an Ironman, whether it's a 10K, whether it's climbing a mountain, whether it's... We, we seem to do this these things. And we have conversations around, you know, we talk about it a lot. And the guys that probably, you know, in our, in our, our, our little co that sits around it, sits around, it's as if... Sort of re- maybe is that the right word? Reinventing ourselves, or redefining ourselves, or repurposing mm. ourselves. Yeah. But in order to do it, we need something yeah. significant to to have a go
1: at. Totally. Yeah, I think you bang on. Well, I personally, I, I I completely agree. It's like it's almost you've got the inner voice saying, "Come on, you've done that, you've achieved that, so the next target is this," and and it's only you only. I was, uh, you know, you're only ever really having a race with yourself, aren't you? You're only, well, some people are very competitive, and that, that that's fine, but you know, some when it's that inner voice saying, right, okay, my next step is to achieve this. It's it's an inner inner drive. God knows where it really comes from. You know, it's not a rational thing because if you like Andy's thing there, where physically and mentally. He, you know, every every bit of his body is saying, "Right, hang on a minute, this isn't right." Slam the brakes on, you know. <laughs> so it's it's a kind of crazy tussle behind that logical mind saying, "I can't do this," you know, and and that inner drive somewhere else in the mind that says, "Fuck you, <laughs> yes, I can." And 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 and, and I, yeah, it's a funny one, isn't it? You know. I always remember listening to or watching Andy's TEDx uh, which anyone that hasn't seen should should have a watch of and and every time it is I'm very good it, to be fair it's, it's a good a point jog. that it is very very good yeah I'm um, I'm you know uh, it's TEDx Ballington, wasn't it Andy um, and there's there's a point he leads up to in there which is about you know it, for all of I'm not going to spoil it, but I am going to spoil it. But, you know, every bit of your body that you've got, effectively, if you're out there pushing yourself, having a run or doing whatever you need to do for exercise, if something starts hurting, like your knee or your ankle or something, proportionally, how much of the rest of your body's all right? And therefore, you know, what are you complaining about? And every time I'm on a jog and just feeling that little bit, oh, God, you know, those words come through, the, the exact words, not my paraphrase, not my paraphrasing of it, but those exact words come in, into my head and, and it just does push me a little bit more. And then similarly, actually, a bit of a love in this one, but a couple of weeks ago I was chatting with, with Dave about my distances have gone crap again and and Dave's just saying, well, look, just do every day, do 1K more and, and just do that for a week and just think nothing of it. And and when I do that, when I get back into that frame of mind, that really works. So it's a funny thing, isn't it? It's 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 you know. But it's I guess it's our control over these things. Maybe maybe it is that. Maybe it's our drive to take mastery over our body. And and, and I don't know. I'm rambling now. As ever. I think. I I, but I, th- I think you're
0: right. And then again, just picking up on what you said there, and something that Steamhammer said last week around the troop and the people and your, your association with people, you know, you, you see somebody else doing something and then you think, do you know what? I'm going to do something. And it may not be as extreme, but you end up pushing yourself a bit out of your comfort zone as a result of someone within your troop doing something. It's like that power of, power of association with it. It's, and again, I I think from our perspective, I do think it's a middle age thing. I think there's a lot of people out there that are pretty consistent from an early age that are always doing things to achieve. They go through the teenage years, they get into the late teens and they're consistently doing, pushing themselves, pushing themselves, pushing themselves. Whether that's, you know, work life, home life, whatever that is. Uh, But I guess a lot of people, maybe it's the fact that around late 30s into your 40s, you know, if you've got kids, your kids are starting to look after themselves. They're moving on and doing a bit. You know, they're getting a bit more independent. You've got a bit more time back, and maybe you, you know, you you're out, you're taking that external view of where you've been and what you've done, and and thinking about what's next. And you have a bit of a plateau. I mean, it's that time, isn't it, that you go, okay, let let's do something. I mean, Andy, we spoke a while back, going back to Back in the day, when we were talking about doing the pod, and when you said you want to be an athlete and things like that, hmm. what was the trigger for you?
2: Oh wow, yeah, good question. Um, I don't think there was one particular trigger. It was just an accumulation of things. You know, we've spoken about what had happened in the previous few years of my life to go. It's not life for me that I need to start again. So I don't think there was one particular trigger, but you know, an, a cascading amount of life events that happened—from you know, losing parents to cancer to having a breakdown to. You know, realizing that you know I'm spending my life doing the wrong things for the wrong reasons, spending money I haven't got for you know for shit that I don't need. What's the purpose of life? And I don't think there was one particular trigger, but you know the the point which are referenced in that TEDx film is that I was just studying a field, going, I need to end my life, and and I think I did, but I ended that life, not this life. So I don't think there was one particular trigger. It was a case of you know, fuck age. It doesn't mean anything. All these labels are in what you should do with your life. You know, this is what a dad should do. You know, this is what, um, you know, a manager should do. This is what a leader should do. Don't matter. We're all human beings and we're here for a reason. So I think it's just a clarifying of a purpose. Um, and when I started to tell people that, you know what, I'm just going to be completely open and honest with people about who I am and what I'm all about. And I'm still trying to find out who I am. My ego went into overdrive because people started to say to me, that's really inspiring. And when somebody says, you've just inspired me, that kind of acted as a, it was like a drug. You know, the ego absolutely loved it. It was like, wow, You mean, I genuinely inspired somebody to do something. So that was the point. And, you know, and whilst I didn't say this in the TEDx, I think the whole point was I wanted to inspire others to just go out, Sod your previous life. It's been easy and that's made it hard for you. There's always that dichotomy. Your easy life makes it difficult for you when you get older. I'm sick of having an easy life. I want to make it hard for me to inspire others. So I'll be honest, a lot of that is is ego. My ego is loving it. But if it means that my purpose now is to inspire others to I don't mean just do doing Ironman. You know, whether it's counts to five k, doesn't matter. That's somebody's mountain. It, I I really don't care. But if it inspires somebody to to do something physical, then great. If it if it if it gets somebody to change their inner dialogue and how they see themselves, even better. It Doesn't matter. And it's not about being competitive and going to be the best runner for my age category or be, be the best dad in history or the best mum that's ever lived or anything. It's just, I'm going to be the best I can be. And that's it. And I can't always be superhuman, but, you know, all all, the past is gone. doesn't matter. We're not going there. The future is still for us to decide. And I was making notes as as you were talking before um, about, you know, you were talking about running, Phil, and you you know, it's like, just got one kilometre more. Um, The way I measure things now is not in distance. It's kind of time and moments. And and that's that's what it is. It's about moments now. A friend of mine, Dave, said this to me a while ago. You know, it's, we we just we just wrapped up in clocks and times and timings and having to be at certain places. And I also read that you know, going back over a hundred years ago, you might have been lucky to have one timepiece in your house. So we didn't really have clocks. Now we're absolutely dominated by timepieces everywhere on laptops and watches and phones and countdowns and microwaves everything has got a clock in it. You get in a car, it's got a clock in it. Everything tells you where to be and when you have to be there, but it doesn't help you enjoy moments. And I think time is like the thief of enjoyment at times. So so I'm measuring it in moments now. So, so Phil, if you're thinking, oh, I really don't want to go for a run, ignore the distance like, no, it's going to be 5, six, seven, 10k, whatever. It isn't. It's a case of, see that bloody big hill up there? It looks beautiful. I'm gonna just enjoy the moment of ascending that and then coming down and knowing that I've achieved something difficult. Whatever the time is, it doesn't matter. And running on feel is one of these or perceived effort is one of the things that I think is the real key to enjoying physical exercise, but not just in physical exercise, anything you do, you know, if you think, oh, I've got hundred emails to read. Brilliant. You know, it means you're interested, means you're popular. You know, it means you needed. Just enjoy the moment, the fact that you're actually useful in life. Because that's been my biggest fear. I've said it before. Being useless is my biggest fear. So as long as we've got a purpose and those moments are enjoyable, then I think we're living life. That was a very long answer to a short I question, think it,
0: King Card. I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome. And I think it goes back to that being in the moment, doesn't it? And moments are about experiences. And moving on from the fact that we're accruing stuff and buying stuff, and you know, bigger houses and and cars and things like that. It's coming out of that way of thinking and going. Do you know what? I'm going to enjoy my time and the times that I've got specific to those particular moments. I think that's absolutely lovely. That love it. Absolutely love it, mate. Cheers. Really cool. interesting. Really interesting. Well, that's quite profound. I, I guess that's quite profound, that. It is. And I think when we have moment, I think when we have moment, when we're quiet, it's because we're going, okay, yeah, I get that. It resonates with us. And I think the three of us have quite a lot of those moments, even even whether, whether it's on the pod or whether we're doing the pre-planning uh, session or even when we get, if we're, if, we're, if we're working together and we get on a call, guaranteed first 20 to 30 minutes, we do talk cod by default. You know, and it, it's, and we do have those moments of where, where we do go quiet. And I think it's when we're processing stuff going, yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that. Because the whole point of, you know, when we look back at where we want, wanted to do talking cod, really, it, it was therapy for us. We wanted to do it for us. And if somebody else listened to it, another listener listened to it that made a bit of a distance, like Andy said, if, if he can make a little bit of a difference to somebody's life then, or no matter how big or small that is, then then that's the buzz, isn't it? That's the buzz, you know? And yeah, yeah, I mean, it. just where do you think the emotion comes from then, Andy? Just just picking up on that emotion because I've, I've never done anything like you've just done, but I have done some events and at the end of it, I, I just feel like I could burst into tears when I... Where do you think the the emotion comes from? The mental aspects of it. So you've all that mental, you know, intensity, and you finish it, and your mind just goes, like your body would do. Your body's like your body's knackered and aching. Do you think that's related to the fact your mind's just emptying or
2: taking a breath? I've not thought about it much. I'll be honest. Um, I think sometimes when you when you're really tired. You know, you, you, the barriers come down, don't they? Yeah. You know, you, you stop wrapping thought around emotion because we think too much, we don't feel enough. Um, and I suppose that's you know, a long time in your own space without speaking with someone. You've got no alternative but to look inside yourself. I think. Um. So so it so it yeah, emotionally draining, but something that we generally don't do very well is look at our emotions and feel those emotions. We often hide them because they don't seem to have a purpose in life generally, do they? It's like we have to be pragmatic. We have to be efficient and effective. We have to do things just right sometimes. But how how often do we think about how do I actually feel right now? You know, just physically, not just mentally. You know, I'm a cognitively functioning. but How do I actually feel right now? So where where does that emotion come from and how does... Still trying to learn that, you know. I, I wrote something earlier when, when you were speaking. It was like, I think what's, what's profound to me is that it's just a body. That's all it is. It's just a body. And for long periods of time, especially on the run, I wasn't even in my body. I was just somewhere else. I, I wouldn't even say I was thinking about other things. I wasn't actively thinking. I was just... I being I don't know and I just wasn't in that body because eh because it was too painful to be in that body you know the blisters were bleeding my hips had seized up you know I couldn't see being in my body was painful so I just had to be somewhere else and it kind of forced me into having an out of body experience for maybe about an hour just running up and down this bloody boring road in the rain being cold I just had to get out of my head and just look down on everything and and at that point I was kind of free to feel emotion. And I think it's just lifted the lid on emotion. I think that's what it is. So yeah, it's tiring, but there is emotion in us all. And I think that's, you know, that's intrinsic in our, our being. And when we separate ourselves from the physical body, I know that sounds really woo-woo and spiritual, but when we do separate ourselves from our physical body and just let the emotions spill out, it's proper fascinating stuff. I'm still learning that. It is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's really interesting. All the things you've, we've sort of talked about there. So many of the things that we've kind of spoken about in, in the in the podcast today, I think. You know, the, the kind of things that, of being in the moment and being, you know, having out-of-body experiences and, and, and <laughs> in one way or another, you know, or, or just you know appreciating the fact that we can do these things we are at a point in life where you know we've taken back uh I nearly said taken back control that's a terrible phrase to use these that these days really um but you know we we've t- taken that sort of ownership of ourselves back on um you know so I think I'm I was I was listening back to quite a few old episodes over the last few days and it's just it's really interesting you know that we, we have touched on so many issues from, from fitness mentally and physically to work life balance and this idea of having a balanced life. Um, and we've even talked on really deep, i kind of surprised we talked about death and shapes, each other's opinions of, of what comes next. And I think that's quite, that's quite big stuff. So, it's just quite interesting to be at this point in, 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 in the, in the series and just reflect a little bit, you know, I think, and and, and just see that alignment of, of, yeah, everything we've, everything we've kind of done as we saw with Bo last week, so much of his thinking in producing his book is aligned with the kind of stuff we've talked about. And, and, you know I think that's really interesting that we're, we're we hopefully I mean we, we're still getting the good feedback from people um so it's clearly resonating with others yeah I think it
0: is quite pivotal isn't it, it it's and it's good from our perspective to be able to you know I don't know because we're on a journey you know with, with, with what we're doing here and for me, it also influences me outside of this conversation. It massively influences me uh, from being able to have a little bit of a retrospective and, and, and it helps me, you know. It's, like I said, I find it really therapeutic. I, I'd have these conversations with you guys and we do, if you know, offline anyway, it's it is it, it's it's interesting and, and it may it makes me buzz it makes me buzz it makes you know the little things that make me slightly different and i guarantee it and from your perspective what you've just done that weekend will definitely change quite a few things for you when, you know what you do and what you and the way you look at things i think when you're maybe a week or two weeks down the line when you have decompressed from it all you're probably be going okay You know, what's, you're either what's next, or you'll either going, I'm never ever going to do that again, ever, or you'll be thinking, okay, I'm going to do something similar. But you'll, there will be so many
2: things that you take from that. Mm. Those moments, uh, you know, there were many moments that I will remember, Um, not measured in time, just just measured in emotion and, and, you know, the magnitude of what's happening. And I'll reaccess them at some point in the future, like you said, Dave, you know, there's just too many of them. And what what I need to do now is to get over Iron Man blues, because apparently that's a thing, you know. But it's not just Iron Man Blues, it's when you do things. The TEDx was another one, you know. I just have to be able to do this, I know I can do this. We spoke openly as well about things like talking at a parent's funeral. If I just gotta get through this, I know I can do it, it's gonna take everything got to get through it if I can do that I can do anything and it's those moments of if I can do this I can do anything they're the things that really shape us and the next few weeks are going to be really big for me in terms of trying to stay positive and motivated you know so if anybody's just done an Ironman a marathon a 10k a 5k whatever just done a public talk you know launch their own business or whatever and think if I can do this I can do anything these are the moments that are really going to define us. So enjoy and embrace those pivotal moments, I I believe. But I think for me personally now, it's a case of there's a lot of things I've done wrong over the last six months. Not wrong, but I've had to I've had to compromise. And they're my connections. And this is what the pod's been about for me. You know, there was a subtopic to the podcast. It's that we've lost connection with people, you know, Bo Bo was all over it in his book and on the pod last time. We've lost connections with people. We you know, us, us three, we you know, we're we really well connected, but we haven't done this face to face yet. <laughs> no, we've not. and I've lost I've lost connection with people. And I have, you know, it's it's been all about me. And I think this is where the emotion is at the moment, yeah. I feel this overwhelming feeling of guilt. I feel like I've neglected people. Some so my purpose now is about reconnecting with my family. Um, start with my wife because she's been th- the wife of an Iron Man. Probably has it hardest, you know. She's she's had to put up with me mourning, crying, complaining, literally all of those things, blood, sweat, and tears. Um, not eating tea with with my family. She's driven me to events. She's driven back from events. She get up at three a.m. as well on Iron Man Day. She was there at the end. I couldn't even hug her because I couldn't see her at the end. You know, I, I, the rain was that heavy and my glasses were so wet I couldn't wear them. It was blinding because it was night time. There's a light flashing on me, and who deserved that moment more than anyone was my wife, because she was the one who helped me get there. Without her, it wouldn't have happened. You know, that's it. So family, friends, coach, mentors, um, supporters, sticking to the training plan. It's all part of the process. But without that that backup support of the nearest and dearest, that's the thing. And that again is a metaphor for life. I think we need somebody with us on the journey. Um so that's that's my next mission is to, to reconnect with my wife reconnect with my family and get back on purpose a little bit but I think I probably just need to rest this body a little bit um, and just listen to people a lot more I'm I'm not tired of it because I don't think I'll ever get really tired of it but I've been the centre of attention for a long time and I think I'm just going to go a little bit off radar a little bit and just observe what's going on around the world into the shadows um, because I'm all the shadows. <laughs> Yeah, is there another superhero reference going on there now? Possibly. About Epic Man. Iron Into man? the Shadows, man. Maybe Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Um, we still have lots of podding to do, and I agree, this feels like a pivotal time. We we've spoken over the last week or so about where we're up to. We've had our first guest, and that was awesome. Not the same as having the cobmaster himself on, Dave. So it's really good to see you back. I know Phil and I have really missed you. You're very kind. I gentleman. think it is pivotal because <laughs> I think it is pivotal because I reckon we're going to have more guests. Yeah, we're absolutely. getting a lot of questions. I'm getting random emails and messages and all you guys are as well, incredibly supportive of this thing that started off as a bit of a hobby and Just see how it goes into something which is really now affecting people and impacting on people. So I'm looking forward to at least another 11 more. And I'm really keen to hear what other people want to hear on these on these shows as well. I just want to say thank you to everybody who sent us messages of support so far. What are the what are the upcoming themes, Phil? Dave? Oh, maintaining habits. So
1: maintaining sort of positive changes in your life. How do we do that? How do we how do we all sort of keep on top of ourselves when we want to change something that's important to us?
0: yeah absolutely I think the thing that always makes me chuckle is we we have this document where we do plan things in and then it changes because something will come up in during the week it it is quite agile where we're going we're going to talk about this and then we start talking about it and go okay no maybe we'd now talk about this (laughs) but I quite like that I like the agility
1: of it it's all carefully planned it is yes a thought through all carefully thought through indeed indeed (laughs) so yeah if um, if people have got stuff about how they sort of deal with um, mani- maintaining new, good new habits, um, just get in touch with one of, one of the three of us and uh, Chip one in. One of the codders. Good to hear from you. Absolutely. One of the codders.
0: So until okay. then, boys, until then.
1: Until, well, let, let Andy go and put his feet and various limbs up <laughs> and uh, have a rest. Get yourself, been emotional. Cup, get yourself a cup of yes. Yorkshire tea, mate,
0: made in a proper teapot. Don't mess about. Followed up, Get jacket, spud, cheese, and beans. Job done. <laughs> He's off the mugwort tea now. Yeah, none of that Ooh, crap anymore. Need that.
2: Bit of Yorkshire inside you.
1: thanks for listening if you've enjoyed us talking cod please give us a rating leave us a review in your podcast app and subscribe now quick shout out to the guys
0: at dapdip productions the folks pushing the buttons behind the scenes check them out at dapdip.co.uk
2: and thanks to rubber bear for our theme tune elements find the band on spotify and soundcloud we'll see you next time for more talking cod